stories are the essential building block of empathy and human connection. Since the beginning of humankind, storytelling has been used to connect, engage, inspire, heal and create a brighter future. I am convinced that it's stories that change our world. I have seen hearts change and opinions soften when real people and real stories are heard. Beth received a church prize book called Ten Girls That Changed the World when she was a kid. It's the book that inspired this series. You may know the stories of Christians like Martin Luther King Jr., Florence Nightingale and or William and Catherine Booth. But this series we are hearing the stories that changed the world from people you may not have heard of. Welcome back. Hello. Episode, well, it feels like episode two, but it's episode three, technically. Oh, it is, isn't it? Because you, I know you. That might have a bit of a brain blow. I know you I would have like, called that catch up episode one. Because for, for me, like, I'm like, no, that's just a I don't a think I did. I don't think I called it. Okay, okay. good. Well, this is episode two in my I opinion. think I put like teaser episode or something. Okay, this so. is episode two in my opinion. This is episode duh. Welcome back. Listeners. Thank you for coming back if you listened. Yeah. To the previous one. Welcome. If you haven't, if you've just skipped in on this one, we did a previous episode listening, listening, sharing the story of Francis Willard. Yep. Or Willard, as we <laughs> corrected. <laughs> She's going for the accent again. Um, an incredible female activist in the 1800s who mm. was a key mover and shaker and figure in women's rights. Absolutely. Uh, this episode, who are we talking about, John? We are talking about a gentleman called Christian Führer. Mm. And it's people like this that I are, and I'm, we're probably going to say this every episode, they'll be like, you said that last episode. But it's really people like this that are people who should be more widely known, that we mm. should be learning about, that, you know, Sunday school or even in school, we should know about these people that did these incredible things. So Christian Führer was a key player during the Cold War in East Germany. So he led a tiny group of believers and in 1982 they began to meet and pray every Monday night um, in a town in Germany. I'm not going to read the name no, of the I'm, town. You've got to. You... No, I can't. Don't make me do that. <laughs> so this this uh, source similar to last this, time. Yeah, this is from Christianity this is from Today. from Christianity Today again. Um, and they've kindly listed this lovely little historic town church in the city of Leipzig. Um, and I'm just waiting for Beth to pronounce. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to butcher it and humiliate myself. Uh, I mean, any German speakers, please uh, get in touch with us about it. I think it's Nikolai Kirchk, isn't it? Oh, that's quite impressive. Um, yes. So he, they started a gathering praying every Monday night. Um, despite strict control on religious expressions by the communist regime, these faithful believers met every Monday evening for what became known as peace prayers. So to begin with, the numbers were really small that the authorities chose only to have those attending be under police surveillance. So they were watched and monitored by the authorities, but because the numbers were small, I think the they were kind of a bit like, yeah, I don't, they're not causing too not many causing, problems. Yeah. However, in, in October 1989, numbers that were normally a few hundred swelled to 70,000. 
So huge, huge increase. The peace prayer gathering had become a major focal point for protests against the communist regime. Mm. It was supported massively by the Lutheran church um, and it grew with an insistence on peaceful protests and non-violence with prayer at its heart. Love that. What amazing kind of, like, again, when you think about what Germany went through in those kind of, those decades after Second World War and that kind of, yeah, communist on one side and then the other side being a different regime as well. Like, it's just, Mm. it's crazy, isn't it, to think of. But I love that that kind of protest against the regime wasn't um, angry or militant. Like, it was peaceful and it was with prayer at the center Mm. yeah i i I just i find all those those um like resistance Mm. little groups i just it's like even though it really goes against everything that who i am like i'm not the type of person to be resist against anything i mean obviously what they're resisting for is huge injustice and like i said we have We've we never, are, we've never, we're blessed to not have ever had that. Yeah, but like, I'm not a person that just goes against the grain, am I? Like, I don't do that. And I mean, I, and I can't ever say how I would be in no. those instances, but knowing what I'm like now, I'd probably be like, I don't agree with it, but I really don't. I just want to go with the flow. Mm. So, people of resistance, I have this kind of real fire. I find them really, when I say attractive, I don't mean like <laughs> people, but I find, I find it, in, I think, intriguing and it like sets something in me that's just really, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's interesting. Mm, I've always had a... I mean, I'm a bit of a Second World War history buff. Bean. Yeah, so I... Like, the resistance stuff in in France and that kind of... In Holland, that kind of stuff, I just have always found really interesting because in the face of adversity, like, doing something because you know it's not right and you, you're doing your little bit with, in a sense, no fear about what's going to come because, I mean, that's the thing, right, Beth? Like... You know, they're under police surveillance, even from a very small group. Yeah. So, like, you have to have massive kind of... Kahunes. Kahunes. <laughs> you got to have, like, real guts to... Yeah. To kind of do, you know, keep going and being faithful with that. And having, a, in a sense, a really strong faith as well mm. to keep going. Do you know what? I'm going to keep doing this. this. There is a reason for <clears throat> this. Yeah, and I kind of love that prayer was at the heart of that. Like mm. when people think of prayer, I don't think they think resistance, but I feel like that is the two are just so hand in hand. Well, is that yeah? There's a film, isn't there, that was called The War Room, and I've always thought that with prayer, like it mm. is a bit of a war room, isn't it? Yeah. Like it should be that aspect of when something's not right. Yeah, I think what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. You know, this kind of when Russia invaded, the amount of people that just went and prayed. And yeah. we're praying for peace, praying for for that to kind of come to an end. And like I do, I think there is an aspect of that war room aspect of prayer that we we need in our societies, even even in relatively peaceful places like the West, like in mm. the US and you know in the UK where we are. You know, I think that should be something we should always be striving to do. And prayer is often a response to powerlessness yeah isn't it it's always like that's what we you know when like you're saying with when with the ukraine war when we were like we you can there's practical things you can do you can send resources put money into all the 
organizations but in ultimately that you don't feel like you're making any difference prayer is where you just turn to when you feel so powerless Mm. you you know those of us who have a faith that's where even those who don't have faith impact moments of like when you feel powerless i know people who've said that they've prayed and said things and they're like i don't Mm. even believe in a god and i will pray i will surrender in that moment so prayer has this almost like resist because that's resistance you know even if you don't believe and then you're praying to something that you claim to not believe in there's that internal resistance so Mm. it really intrigues me that um but i think the emphasis is massively on on the peace prayers and it was peaceful protesting against this regime So the, I love this quote from the Christianity Today article. It says, their prayerful act on witness inspired a protest movement that would become a defining moment for the 20th century. And a little end note. So Christian Führer was awarded the Peace Prize of Orschberg, which I love. So he was record, he was recognised in Germany. So it wasn't like mm. he was silent under the thing, but I'd never heard of him. And I just think more people need to know, need to know who he is. I love when, when reading this, it really... Um, stirs me to think about the power of prayer and as I said I love that at the the centre of this resistance at the centre of this you know there's many things that he could have done and this group of people could have done to resist the communist regime um, in action but you know they could have been violent they could have started a a physical war movement they could have done um, violent protests they could have done physical protests you know, sitting outside doing all of these gathering, but what they decided to do instead was pray, mm. and I think that speaks volumes of their faith. You know, the belief that they had to say every Monday night we will gather as a people to say this is our resistance against this movement. This is what we believe because we believe God can change this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so true that we should never underestimate the power of dedicated, disciplined prayer. That mm. continuous, repetitive prayer such a public act that eventually inspired a whole town and and toppled the regime you know and then the Berlin you know I don't want to say that you know and then the Berlin Wall fell you know not mm. it's not a direct cause like they didn't pray and if you know it's like but the that, walls of Jericho <laughs> but you know that building up that powerful regime that anti-movement yeah. it all links there's God's hand in all of that and mm. but like the quote that Christianity today put I quite like as well where it's saying like um, to follow their example and topple a regime in a miraculous, bloodless fashion. Mm. Like, I love that. Like it is a, it's a. You're being radical in a really like intentional way. Mm. Like you're not going for blood. You're not going for uh, retaliation or you deserve this because of the kind of oppression that you've put us under. Instead, we're gonna be re- like bloodless um, with it, and we're just gonna actually pray for god to move in this yeah. instead of us move and cause havoc which it could you could so easily do in in i can't imagine what it must have been like yeah it reminds me of this quote and i don't know who says it um but it's that quote that says prayer is not a last resort it's a first response mm. i love that quote yeah i, love I that. wish i knew who said it if you know let us know <laughs> I, I remember just seeing it on um instagram and it's just always stuck with me and yeah, I just think that I think this is the epitome of that. You know, yeah. they they it was their first the first thing they knew to do. What you know what to do? They just get down and pray. And we have really tried to model that in our 
personal lives but also in our in our ministry in what yeah. we do when when things go well when things don't go well the yeah. first thing we do is we extend out to the people we call them prayer pillars they're pillars in general but for the purpose of prayer there are prayer pillars mm. they're people they're in the, in the christian faith it's known as in, their intercessors they're people that can stand in between you and god and speak for you sometimes when you don't have the words to speak they're people that stand with you amongst you beside you alongside you for you and with you in speaking to god yeah. um i think that collectively has it, it enabled us to get through some really difficult times and when we've gone through those experiences we have felt held in a way that you can't often describe to people who haven't experienced it and you get through it because you you're surrounded by those people and I think it's a huge testament to the power of prayer and I think prayer is so so underestimated Mm. and I think and this is my own personal journey with prayer I've really struggled with prayer for years like the idea of you're kind of told to you know, kneel by the side of your bed, put your hands together, pray for this, pray for that, isn't, isn't there? And I think, mm. actually, when you're at the end of your rope type thing and you're kind of you're kind of praying about things that are so out of your control and you don't ha- you don't really have the words to kind of um, and I can imagine these poor yeah you know, these people that were um, in East Germany or around the world at that time would have been just sort of lost for words with it wouldn't you say like I think yeah I can't imagine what those the words that were muttered in their minds and their soul to God for that mm. um, because there must have been periods where there was like look God we've got no words for this um, we just pray for that <laughs> we just want that unity and that German un- unity to come back um, and for our country to be one again um, and for Europe to be one again because Europe was so separated and yeah just split down the middle wasn't it and i think there's there is power in in that unity and i can't imagine the yeah those sort of words of prayer that would have been spoken but i think i think prayer is just something that even if you're not a a believer of jesus prayer is just something that i do find just helps doesn't it just to kind of set your day off right and put the end to the day as well i think you know you don't have to put your hands together and have your eyes closed and bow your head, that kind of stuff. But you can just, when you're on a walk or, or if you're doing the ironing or if you're doing the cooking or that kind of stuff, like just being in your thoughts and just thinking about your family or reflecting on the day or reflecting on situations or circumstances that you're going through at the moment and actually having um, the opportunity to kind of have that kind of stop and let your heart speak. I think it's just a really powerful place to be and it's a really sort of peaceful place to be. Yeah. And I lo- and I hope for the day when prayer is so kind of intrinsically almost like innate in me. Yeah. I heard a story in a sermon once that we, we both listened to actually that yeah. completely transformed our thinking and prayer that we strive for every day and we fail at every day too because we just do. But... Um, the, the preacher was um, Pastor Rich Wilkerson, who is the pastor of Vu Church in Florida in America. And he was talking about his father-in-law. And he said that when he first started um, dating his now wife and his father-in-law would take him to the airport after he visited, mm. he would be driving in the car and he would see his father-in-law like talking, yeah, m- like, m- muttering m- almost muttering or mumbling. 
and he wondered what it was and he never questioned it we didn't question it for many many months and then one day he I think he asked one of his brother-in-laws or his wife and said you know what is that and they said he's praying Mm. but and he didn't even realize so he spoke to his father-in-law about it and his father-in-law also didn't even realize he was doing it but his father-in-law was blessing people if he saw an accident he was saying a prayer over that he was thinking about the conversations he'd had and he was just praying and in in this man prayer was so innate he didn't even recognize he was doing it it was almost Mm. like breathing i just i just think that is Mm. we've just lost that as a people you know for it to just become so in innate in us that we just pray as if you know it's there we've really tried that in situations you know not to be uncomfortable when to say it and you know if we say if we've had conversations with people you know we've just said in your name these things we pray father amen Mm. we may not have started it as a prayer but we just kind of close it and say to these things we offer to you god what an amazing guy uh yeah, I just want to read this quote that yeah, um, I found. Do it. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about something else. So this quote is from, I just have it saved on my phone. From It says R.C. Sproul. And it's, Sprout? No, Sproul. Oh, if you said Brussels Sprout. <laughs> no, R, as in the letter R, yeah. dot C, yeah. Sproul. Oh, you said Sprout. No. Sorry. <laughs> Prayer does change things, all kind of things. But the most important thing it changes is us. As we engage in this communion with God more deeply and come to know the one with whom we are speaking more intimately, that growing knowledge of God reveals to us all the more brilliantly who we are and our need to change in conformity to him. Prayer changes us profoundly. Mm. And I I just think about these people and how that this prayer movement must have changed them. Mm. And then seeing obviously the result of the Berlin Wall falling and all of that, how... How much would these people and the people even connected on their outer world would have been changed by this? Yeah. And just that profound sense of in those moments when they're praying, like how much of Jesus was revealed to them, what was revealed to them, that intimacy, that beauty of just opening themselves up to God, to be filled with God, to be to be more understanding, more empathetic, more compassionate and more knowledgeable about of God, I just mm. think is just amazing. Absolutely. I think one of the thing that I am um, most intrigued by this story is a Christian individual against the resistance of like a regime of hatred or a regime of oppression. Know, oppression, yeah. Dictatorship. Yeah, and again, it's you know different to our first episode, but again, just in where there is injustice, mm. a Christian individual just didn't didn't stand for it and and didn't didn't want to just live their life just letting it happen they couldn't sit by and it's just such a huge challenge to us today that if things set us on fire if we are if you know it's that prayer like lord break my heart for what breaks yours and yeah. i kind of pray that every day that i don't become so in i think today i'm really conscious of just becoming immune to all the negativity and all the injustice in the world yeah. And I just want to constantly have my heart be broken for things. Mm. And that sounds really sad, but if we're not broken by the things that, that is also breaking God's heart, how are we gonna how are we gonna help fix this world? How are we gonna bring king the the kingdom? Mm. How are we gonna bring sorry, how are we gonna bring kingdom transformation? How are we gonna be able to, you know, 
to like continue the work of God if we're not connecting with people that you know that God is saying I I don't want this you know this isn't right this isn't what should be happening we're here for a reason you know it's moving towards heaven yeah 100% and you know we will never have on this earth in this you know in this capacity we won't you know we we know that things are always going to be imperfect because of sin because that's what was brought into the world and until Mm. Jesus comes again that's not what it's going to be but we can work towards that every day every day I can wake up to try and make somebody's world a little bit better yeah and and that should be our aim, right? Yeah. Just as as humans, like we need to be better at just loving the people around us. Like we don't know situations people go through. You know, there's so many examples of bullying, racial discrimination, homophobia. Homophobia. Yeah. Like there's so much stuff. Sexism. Sexism. Just general hatred. Harassment. Yeah. Like there's so much stuff and crap that we have to deal with. And I think we can we can become very hard heartened yeah hard heartened is that a word um it is, now. it is now but i think we all want to strive for a better place to live don't we we all yeah. want to live in a world where we can just go about life without turning on the news and there being another thing you know or we think about even in our own country the the turmoil of the revolving door of 10 downing street you know, it looks like someone else is about to be sacked, you know, or that they're going to resign. And I think it just, yeah, it's just, we live in a world where we're so hard, we have a hard heart. And I think, you know, we need to be praying for those in, in our government. We need to be praying for those in our decision making, even if we don't truly or 100% agree with their manifestos or their, their regime, but it's, it's, we've got to live in a place where we pray for people and we just pray for God to move in these situations and the times we live. Yeah. I think while we believe in, when I say supernatural, I don't mean like, um, like as in God, like while we, I believe in the divine power of God, we've also got to be grounded in reality, but I believe that the, that, that God can have power over that. Those people have to just accept it. And while those people don't, we have to do the things we can to help people mm. get into better spaces and it's our job to do that. And what an inspiration then to look at someone like Christian Führer that, and these amazing people of the Peaceful Prayer Movement, the PPM. Um, I don't think they call themselves that. It just um, says peace, Monday evening peace prayers. Yeah, just I think that those amazing people and taking inspiration from that in their, in their time of need... Um, but also, I think, why are we just doing those in moments of like, like we had that prayer meeting that was mm. was really powerful yeah, in response true. to yeah. in response to the Ukraine situation. Why do why, we only do yeah, it for that? Why? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when we have, and when we have our own space. Yeah, you know, from Salvation Army. Yeah. When Favish from Salvation Army ability to have their own space, I think I want I want a really key designated time for prayer. We hope that you've been inspired by Christian Führer's life and his powerful prayer resistance and it challenges and inspires you to do something different and radical and resistant with Mm. your prayer, um, with your prayer life and your moment and connection of bringing God into your presence. 
Thanks for those that have joined us at the table today. Uh, thanks for joining the conversation. If you'd like to continue the conversation, uh, please come along to our social media pages. So at the table has a Facebook group and an Instagram page. Uh, so come along, start the conversation, drop us an email or drop us a message and just uh, let us know some of the thoughts that maybe you've had while listening to this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we love hearing from the listeners um, because you're part of the table you're part of this conversation around the table and um, yeah we just we love you guys thanks for listening and uh, we will see you again soon see you for episode three where we explore Jarena Lee Jarena Jarena Lee that is a cracking name I've never heard a name like Jarena Jarena Lee love that yeah see you next time god bless and see you soon bye bye bye